<laughs> All right, coming at you live um, from a swink. <laughs> coming at you live from a stinky, sweaty dungeon somewhere you don't want to be. It's the uh, Weird Vibes podcast. Are we live though? Is this how live works? I mean, um, I know, I know, we're like recording live, but oh, we're recording live. I mean, we're alive. I'm stinky. I'm sweaty. I'm right I'm, next to you. I'm not stinky or sweaty, and you keep saying that we're stinky and sweaty, and I feel like people are going to think, okay, anyway. No, I'm not going to let, this is not the first time we've recorded this, <clears throat> and I've said it a few times, and it just seems like you have been happy about it. About being stinky or sweaty? No, I'm just trying to create an atmosphere. A stinky and sweaty, do I look like a sauna? Damn, it's weird vibes. Weird uh. vibes. All right, so we are weird vibes, but who we are is Dana and Sam a lot of probably because our our days right now are so early most of our listeners probably do know who we are because you probably know us but for those of you who don't Sam and Dana are two married parents of a lot of animals and um we are doing this kind of as like a I wouldn't call it a side project what would you it's not a <sighs> You know, it's hard. It just, it's something probably to get our feelers out, you know? Yeah, like, feelers out is a good... Laces. Laces. Laces out! Laces out. Um, But feelers out, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I also know that I was going to explain that the reason that you're probably coming off of this podcast on the Sada Projects page is Sada is, for those of you detectives out there, the beginnings of both Sam and I's name. But in Arabic, Sada means... What? What? Oh, I... <laughs> in Arabic, Sada means uh, basically like taking your coffee black. Like, it's just like taking your coffee straight. So, um, not only is that the way that we both prefer our coffee, but I think we are trying to give it to you pretty straight about a lot of the things that we're talking about. Um which are basically going to be anything that falls under the medium of, I don't know, I think a lot of like what we talked about with Ready Player One also did have these uh, characteristics, but that almost like surreal, I think both of, both of us really enjoy being immersed in an uncanny valley, and I don't exactly. know. Just weird shit, man. Weird shit, man, and I don't know if a lot of our listeners know about the uncanny I learned about the term uncanny valley actually from Sam, but in that in that idea, I think we we just really want to explore the different types of, like, strange goodness, really. I know I keep overusing that phrase, but there really is just so much of that out there in media that I think we really enjoy talking about it and we really enjoy experiencing it and hearing the opinions of our friends and uh, peers and honestly, obviously each other's or else we wouldn't be recording our own voices. Definitely. You know what I mean? What are you reading right now? Um, okay, so we did want to talk about this. Uh, I want to devote an entire episode to this franchise one day, but right now I am reading... Uh, the Book of Dust, which is a revisiting by Philip Pullman back into the world of Lyra. And I don't know if you guys know about the Golden Compass. Golden Compass is pretty, like, I think it got treated. Did you see the movies? I saw the first movie. Um, apparently, the... I'm- <sighs> Wait, there weren't movies for all of them, though. There were, but Ooh. they did really well in Europe. Okay. They did terribly in America. His Dark Materials is a three-part series. It's, it's, um, 
Basically, it's a humanist rebuttal to the Chronicles of Narnia um, from another um, kind of theological mind, but more of a humanist mind from um, England named Philip Pullman. But the reason I'm asking, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just, I, because I know we wanted to talk about books, but I just wanted to ask because I feel like you have more of a context for it, but I don't, I, I didn't see the movies because I see them as like a kind of a different thing, but the, I'm, I'm only asking because, because I don't really, I know we have a lot to talk about today, so I don't really <laughs> want to get too much into the Golden Compass. This is why I want to give it its own entire episode. But I was asking more because I don't think the movies really have a lot to... It's not that I don't think they have a lot to do with the books. It's that I don't feel like they did them any justice. And because I don't feel like they did it any just, they did it any justice, that it should really be kind of put on the same table. And as far as like what I'm reading right now, this book is really interesting because it, it has nothing to... Those three that you mentioned are the pivotal, like, like the Golden Compass, the Amber Spyglass... Um, subtle knife. Subtle knife. Thank you. I can't believe I just blanked out on that. Um, are like the stories, and this one is really weird because it's a new book, but it's about Lyra being a baby, which I know. Yeah, I it's already, a prequel, right? Yeah, it's a prequel. So it's just it's basically like a decade before any of the other books happen, and it's super interesting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I really like it, but um, I also just like really like it being separate enough from the story that. This is this is the only one that I could actually see being a good movie, which I don't know. I just feel like the other three were just such big stories that they didn't really do well as films. I, yeah, I think the there was nothing wrong with the movie <clears throat> other than it was exactly the book, and the book is so exciting. But the it's one of those classic like your imagination is always going to be so much more exciting than the movie yeah and since it was a direct translation oh i was just kind of bored you're you know right. like, yeah it, it, because it can't be taken too literally and like and it was great but it was just i i'd read the book and it was bigger and better in my mind yeah. honestly yeah okay so before i ask you i do want to know what you're reading but i just want to kind of give you guys a Kind of just like a an orientation of where we are right now, just not to throw you in too much. So we basically just wanted, this is like a, a touch base because we kind of just dove right in with uh, Ready Player One because we really wanted to talk about that right when we saw it. But consider this more a kind of delayed introduction. So this is kind of just like getting to know us um, as a couple and like, well, not really as a couple. We are a couple. We're married, but... Um, kind of more just like what our tastes are cool and like dudes. what we're doing. Yeah, a couple of cool dudes. <laughs> but uh, I also wanted to kind of almost always preface probably with what we're reading because Sam and I both really love to read. Um, most of what Sam reads, I don't want to read and probably never yeah. will. But we're still going to talk about it because I'm an equal opportunity person, I guess. Whatever. But... I think that that would be a really good way to start as far as like what we um, what we like as far as styles, because I do think that Philip Pullman is one of my favorite writers. And I'm sure whatever creepy ass serial killer shit Sam is reading right now is probably equally indicative of what he likes to read. But later on, after we do that, we also wanted to do uh, a make your case segment where Sam and I each talk about a movie. Do you want me to tell them what the movies are? Beforehand. Oh, 
I think you should just keep it a secret. Okay, so we're going to keep the movies a secret for I mean, right not now. that they're necessarily... They're not a secret, but we're just going to... Good movies. We're going to tease it. Yeah, they're not good movies. Don't get, like, super excited. Kind of consider this, like, a bad movie Wednesday with your friends or whatever. Don't call the movie I want a bad movie. Oh, my God. It's terrible. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's not that great. Somebody once <laughs> told me the, the world, world was going to roll. Okay. Mm. On that note, that both of us have movies that are. I'm not. Don't get your hopes up. Both of these movies, I wouldn't say. I'd say they're kind of culty, but they're not. They're not good movies. I'm sorry, they're not. So after we do that, you are staring at me with daggers in your eyes right now. As little Smash Mouth. I know. I know, man. All right. So we're gonna do our make your case segment, and I don't want to tell you guys the movies. We're each gonna we're each gonna do our own set of movies, and then after that, we want to do a little bit of an overview of some segments that we wanted to do, and get some suggestions from you guys. So I'm gonna let you go first. Make your case, Sam Scott. Wait, what about the books I'm reading? Oh my god, because I don't want you to be reading about Ed Gein again. Okay, Sam, what are you reading right now? Well, thank you. I just finished a book about Ed Gein. Oh my god. Deviant by Harold Schechter. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Is that it really was... the book that we're going to talk No, I mean, I'm going to talk about it for a second, but I just mean, I'm 20 pages into the book I'm reading right now, so I just want to say... What are you reading right now, though? Oh, what's it called? Cover by Jack Ketchum. He's one of my favorite authors ever. Oh, yeah. Apparently, this book is out of print. Apparently it's like Rambo with a lot more teeth, but like <laughs> against what against against not like against not like <laughs> that's not like cops who fucked with Rambo. It's teenagers who didn't do anything. Oh, but to a vet. Okay, from Vietnam. All right, so back but, to Ed Gein. Yeah, and I. I've heard so much about Harold Schechter for so long. He's the guy who wrote the um, Encyclopedia of Serial Killers. That's how probably most yeah. people would know him. Yeah. Um, I, I like to call him the, the working man's Truman Capote. <laughs> okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was just a really, really good in-depth um, coverage of his crimes, his trial... What exactly do you mean by good in depth? Like I mean accurate, I, accurate. Okay, accurate. It and you got you got all of the sensationalism, but you also got the kind of mania surrounding it. Okay. And like you got the like, the yellow journal journalism surrounding it. You got the people trying to make money surrounding that. And, like, you get, it's just that whole... And you know, you know me, you're married to me. I like that whole kind of theme of, no, like, the real monster is man type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, okay. like, while okay. Ed Gein was doing all these things, and he was a truly evil person, he was sick. And then there was all of these people who were sane, who were profiting and doing all these things about... I don't know. It, okay. it's, it's, it's a really interesting concept to me. I, I really like exploring those kind of dark aspects. No, I honestly have heard a lot of people talk to you about that book and specifically that book. About, I mean, I understand people in general, especially in our generation, being fascinated with serial killers. It's not really like a new thing. It's like a weird phenomenon that we kind of, I think, grew up with. So yeah. it's a little different. But I've heard multiple people that you've talked about 
this book with say really good things basically about the merit of how this book was written. So I'm sure that it's like yeah. done well. So no, it's, really it's, it's not something shiny to look at. For it's, sure. it's understanding the psychology of what it means to be a human Yeah, from all sides. Yeah. I think definitely, I feel like it's done responsibly. Okay. You know? And honestly, I think that's really important in the, in the, in this type of writing almost more than the merit of the writing itself is, is it done responsibly if is it done ethically yeah it can because it can be so voyeuristic exactly and i I feel like it was done from a truly i feel like the person who wrote it truly wanted to understand what happened they didn't want to oogle the details necessarily okay i see what you're saying Definitely. So I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, to get off yeah, either I'm way. Cut get you off something off so dark. There, only because I also want you to go first for make your case. So uh I want you, like I was saying earlier, are you getting your notes ready? Oh, I'm right. getting my notes ready. Okay. Alright, I want you to pull Clear that back throat. up. Yeah, right. just that smash mouth. <clears throat> somebody once told me. Alright, somebody the once world told me. was going to roll me. Make your case. This is the summer of 1999. Okay. Oh, Sam God. Scott was in seventh grade. Here we fucking He had go. some cargo shorts. <laughs> he had a polo shirt. <laughs> he was probably orange or something dumb. You know? Okay, I like orange. Dude, he had some hard, hard gel in his hair. Okay, alright. What? Where are you? What is happening? Come on. Mystery Men. I'm talking about Mystery Men. Greatest movie ever made. <sighs> So I'm I apparent I guess I should forward this, but I apparently I didn't know this. I like terrible movies. I like horrendous <laughs> movies. I didn't know this growing up. Like all this, I didn't just own the VHS and DVD of 1998's Godzilla. I collected all the merchandise from Taco Bell. What do you mean merchandise from Taco Bell? How do you know that? There was a Godzilla bust that you could (laughs) screw on to a large cup from Taco Bell. Are you serious? It was radical reality, dude. It was so good. You said you screwed onto a cup. Could you still drink out of the cup, or did it? Yeah, become- you, there was a. You put the straw in its back. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think that Godzilla's cool. Wait, the movie that Godzilla, or the uh, the one you got from Taco Bell? Okay, about? this is a whole different episode. Again, I'm not gonna sit here and defend 1998 Godzilla. Because I'll do that for an hour a different time. It sounds like you're gonna do that. Yeah. I, I love that movie. Okay. I love Home Alone 2. I love Waterworld. Mystery Men. Okay. Focus, my love. Look at me, my love. Focus. All right. 1999. Mystery Men. Men. Directed by (laughs) Kinka Usher, which honestly, we'll get to that in a second. (sighs) Maybe, maybe directed by this Kinka Usher. Not likely. What do you, what? You'll, 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 mm-hmm. He, apparently he's a commercial director for Taco Bell, Nike, they got milk commercials. The uh, list goes on. I don't think I understand where you're the going The list goes this, on. But I'm excited to hear it. All right. <laughs> Why well, theory you... one. Theory one. Okay. This film was directed by Tim Burton. 
What? You've never heard this? Okay, wait. Are these theories like conspiracy theories? It's a. Pr- I mean, it's pretty much a confirmed denied conspiracy. I mean, I don't really even know what that means. That just sounds like a bunch of gibberish. All right, you've seen you've seen Mystery Men. I've made you watch that. I shit. know you have. Does it not look like a Tim Burton movie? It does not look like a Tim Burton movie. Are you kidding me? Do you... If Tim Burton could hear you right now, he would come into our house and slap you. Tim Burton's probably too busy painting a picture of Johnny Depp (laughs) to ever think about me. But what I'm saying is... It's clearly a Tim Burton movie. It's not okay. And there's there's so many. There's this huge. And again, I make your case. I, I'm no dete- make your case. I, I'm no detective. All I know is there are signs that point towards Tim Burton being the director. What are the signs? It looks like a goddamned Tim Burton movie. Are you seriously saying it looks like something? So it is something. You sound. Mm. No, but uh, okay, we'll move on. But I'm just saying there you are. You have a, to move on. You no, can... but it's a, no. It's just it's a theory. I don't. Okay, I don't okay. have concrete okay. evidence saying it. But it is. There are circles of people who believe <laughs> with their whole hearts. Okay, so this isn't like the main theory you have. This is one of the theories you have. Well, I mean, it's pretty much the main theory. I have. <laughs> but so, what do you? What is it about it visually that makes you? I mean, I understand what you're saying. We all obviously understand that Tim Burton has an aesthetic, like the Batman aesthetic. The yeah, like I don't think it has that. I just think it looks like it's from the '90s. It looks like every Tim Burton movie ever. I mean, I mean, I didn't just mean oh the Batman aesthetic. That was just the thing I could think of at the time, I mean, low key. I but... love the Batman aesthetic so much. I mean, so do I. But Mystery Men, nineteen eighty nine. Miss Mystery Men, nineteen ninety nine. Which I don't even know why I said that because that's not even the Tim Burton Batman. But okay, let's move on. Batman. Honestly, if Tim Burton did or didn't direct it, it still had a bevy of stars. It had Hank Azaria. Eddie Izzard, William H. Macy, Ben Stiller, Kel, from Kenan and Kel. William H. Macy was in that movie. The Shoveler. He was the Shoveler. <laughs> what means he just shoveled? I shovel well. I <laughs> shovel very well. <laughs> Why do you have quotes from this? Dana, oh my God, we're watching this I'm as soon as we're so done. so mad at you. If this podcast means that every time we do one of these episodes, my surprise is going to make Janine Garofalo, have to strap Jeffrey Rush, for some other Greg movie, Kinnear. I'm so done. Greg Kinnear. Who's Greg Kinnear? I'm not even. I'm Are not, you mad at me right now? I'm mad. Okay. He's an American institution. You're an American institution. All right. So I'm just saying, like, it has all these people in it. So basically, for those of you who haven't seen it, Mystery Men is a kind of oddball superhero movie that takes place in a, um, in a city. Hold on. In Champion City. Um, Uh, It was originally a Flaming Carrot comic. Which is so weird. It was like one of those just short little strip comics that got made into this big thing. Really? Yeah, I mean, again, I love... I've never read one of them. I feel bad. I probably should. Because I might I might be the guy who likes Mystery Men. I don't want to talk to you about Mystery okay, but, Men okay. more than I have to. So just keep making so, it going. 
<laughs> so, um, Champion City is protected by Captain Amazing, Mr. Greg Kinnear, who is a, um, a corporate sellout yuppie superhero, to say the least. To From what say- I remember, I haven't seen this movie in... Three, no, three or four months. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, don't you dare say anything super dude, loud. Like, dude has a Pennzoil patch on his shoulder. Are you shoulder. serious? Yeah, he has. He has. He's a um. He's a sponsored superhero. He has an agent. He has a publicist. That reminds me of the boys, but it's, with way way less hookers. You're you're reminding me of too many episodes we need to do. Yeah. Boys. Is the best comic. Yeah, Simon Pegg, if you ever hear this, we want to talk to you, because we love you. But you're probably too busy for us. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, yeah. Um, but yeah, either way. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Captain, Ama- Captain-, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Amazing um, has put away all of... Are there all- villains? All Captain Amazing has put away all of the villains. All of the villains. The, it goes through it at one point in the movie. I can't remember. They've either killed themselves or gone crazy or gone to prison for life. The only one left is Casanova Frankenstein. What the hell is that? What are you talking about? How do I not remember any of this? You make me watch this movie so much and I don't remember half of these people. The Jeffrey only one Rush. I remember Kenzo- who gets naked and makes everybody turn around about it. No, he has long hair and he has that weird coke nail that he cuts everybody with. Don't say he coke goes, nail. I am Nova Frankenstein. And like, he has Eddie Dude. Izzard who, he, Eddie Izzard's the, <laughs> he's the leader of the Disco Boys. Make your case, Sam Scott. Either way. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> so Casanova Frankenstein gets released from a mental institution to fight Captain Amazing because he has no one left to fight. And um You don't want me to explain this whole movie. No, I want you to explain it. I just mm-hmm. want to care at some point. But it's the best! It doesn't Dana, it's a Tim Burton movie. It's not a Tim Burton movie. You're not even telling the truth about You hate that. this, you hate Edward Scissorhands. Oh my, are you... Mm, you are such a liar. How would you even say that? You know what? One is a confirmed movie that's actually made by Tim Burton, and the other is probably just trying to float by on that cred, because without it, it is just a weird-ass movie from the late 90s. Which movie has Jeffrey Rush... And Greg Kinnear in it. I don't even know. Okay, know. but either either know. way, either way, Captain Amazing doesn't <laughs> come through, and he is very quickly captured by Casanova Frankenstein. Ah, uh, oh, dang. Oh, dang. I don't know if you remember that part. Um, with I the think gas. I do. Was it in a dark warehouse? He. Oh, <laughs> He he visits Casanova Frankenstein in in his study, and he opens a little vial, and it shoots him in the face. And right before he faints, he goes, "Ah, dang!" He falls. Either either way, cue the mystery. Cue the mystery men. Our oddball group of superheroes: the Shoveler, the Blue Raja, and Mister Ben Stiller himself. Mr. Furious. What does the Blue Raja do? 
He's British. He's colonial. He's visited India. He's a mystic. He throws cutlery. He explains even at one point that his character is convoluted and that you would have to understand British history and colonialism in India in the early 1900s to understand his character. That is Hank Azaria's words about it. I mean, I understand that I would need to understand those things about his character, but having to understand a character makes a pretty bad, inconvenient superhero. It does. And either way, Mr. Furious, he gets mad. He just gets mad. He just gets mad. He's the one I don't like. He's dumb. Yeah, I don't like him. He's bro-y. But it's also Ben Stiller, and Ben Stiller's good at playing roles that are, like, purposely polarizing. But I do sort of like it at the end when he gets mad. He goes, no, rage taken over for real this time. And it's super cringy, but it's also kind of cool when he meets Mm, Casanova Frankenstein. It's a lot of cringe. But either way, Janine Garofalo is in this movie. Why do I keep saying either way, by the way? I don't know. I don't by know. The way. You should switch to by the way. I should. But Janine Garofalo is in this movie as a character called the Bowler. <laughs> what does she do? Well, no, is she the Bowler? Well, well, she has a magic bowling ball with the skull of her dead father. <gasps> I remember now. Yeah, I remember. He, he, um... What does he do? Is his skull magic? Yeah, it's... So, either way, the... Why do I keep saying that? Just move on. Jeez. Um, so Casanova Frankenstein has a, um, psychofraculator that's a, um... It's going to drive the entire city of Champion City crazy. Movie is trash. That, that's what, (laughs) that's what the bowler's skull, the dead bowler's skull, trapped inside the bowling ball, destroys at the end. Uh Who Janine Garofalo is sort of, not in charge, but in possession of. Okay. Yeah. And then Kel is naked at one point. Came from Keenan and Kel. Is this you making the case? Because... I thought this would go so much better! I love Mystery Men! I don't. It's just falling apart! Um, Do you have any other points you want to make that support your movie? Because I still don't care about... Uh, I'm looking at my... the Literally, literally the only <laughs> thing I have left to try and defend this movie <laughs> is that Tom Waits is in it as a mad scientist who makes non-lethal weaponry. And Tom that's cool. Waits is in it? Yeah! You might have got me. He goes, he goes, I saw you the other night when you were fighting the Red Eyes. The Red Eyes is a gang that the mystery men fight at the beginning of the movie. I didn't know Tom Waits was in it. Yeah, remember he makes he makes that um gun that shrinks people's clothes that's um based on top secret dry cleaning technology. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And then he has like a um He specializes in non-lethal weaponry. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. That wasn't even an, an impression of anything, honestly. So all what what when you first loved this movie, what did you love about it? That I was eleven years old. Okay, when you were eleven, what did you love about it? Is what I'm trying to ask you, bro. Uh, no, th- easy fella. No, but that's <laughs> Sorry. What, <laughs> no. What I'm trying to say is, I think this movie takes me back to a certain place in time, to where, like, I was eleven years old. Me and my friend Kyle Lowen, shout out to Kyle Lowen, um, 
We were allowed to go see movies by ourselves for the first time. We would get dropped off across the street. Be quiet, our cats! Hey! We would get dropped off across the street. And we would... Uh, it just felt like, and like it didn't matter that the movie was shitty. And like I can't see this movie as shitty because I love it so much. I realize how stupid it is. But anytime it's on TV... I watch Mystery Men. I will get in a yelling match with somebody about Mystery Men. I love Mystery Men. Somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Kel Mitchell. Mystery Men. <laughs> almost... 1999 to infinity. <laughs> I wish we could just sign off right there because that was so beautiful. <laughs> and while like I still don't, I still resent that movie. It's not even it's so. <laughs> I, I get. I'm, I'm, my turn's over. I'm done. It's, I'm not even gonna try to defend it's it. It's not even that I like like it or like don't like it particularly. I just like don't. <laughs> I just resent it for making me watch it as like an even like joke. Slightly... Gus, get down. <laughs> so we are back. Had some uh, puppy adventures. Gus wanted to make himself known. <laughs> yeah, he was a little hyper. Um, so we took a break. Uh, we went to the dog park. And he got to run out all his feelings. See all his dog friends. and We got to resolve all of our own feelings about Mystery Men. Do you think that anybody would listen to a podcast of us just talking about the dogs we see at a dog park? Yes. Sam, some of the most viral Instagrams are literally just dogs, like, making faces. Dana, there was a dog with a mohawk there today. That dog was so cool. And then that other dog who was literally, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she was just really old dog, but she just kept peeing everywhere yeah like on purpose but it was like a marking thing it was really i don't know it was okay. almost it was cute <laughs> now we really are just doing a podcast about the dogs we see at the dog yeah park, it's like so. a soft pitch it's fine but anyway did you have any other feelings that you wanted to share about mystery men or... i have so many especially since we got that little break there's so many more feelings i have about mystery men but i'm just gonna put a pin in it and say i love mystery men Draw your own conclusions. Society is wrong. <laughs> That's such... Whoa, that really... That escalated. Well, I mean... I'm just over here trying to watch Mystery Man and people... You all came for me. Oh, excuse me. The whole reason we are doing this is so that you can make a case for your movie, not because anybody came for you. Oh, I'm not talking about... I'm more... I'm defending Mystery Men here. Ah. Don't divert. Ah. Got it. So now that you have decided that that's the movie that you are going to stick by, I think I'm safe. Proudly. Proudly. Safe to start my case? Oh, Dana, get ready for it. People do not like your choice. Are you serious? It is not well loved. Are you serious? I feel like... Okay, so... <laughs> I always... It's my favorite part about... I'll let you get to it in a minute, but my favorite part about this whole scenario is that we've... For as long as I've known you, <laughs> you genuinely don't understand that people just don't care for this storyline. So, you guys, my movie or franchise is uh, Resident Evil. 
Sam has clearly made his feelings known about it. Um, it's not that I don't believe people, like you're saying. It's that considering the entire franchise is fan-driven and literally demand-driven, I feel like that's justification alone to explain that, like, yeah, it kind of is a well-liked movie. Let's just, like, air it all out, though. How, how many of these movies have you seen in theaters? <laughs> um, there's six of them. Um, I've owned three on DVD, and the latter three I have seen in theater. Oh, for some reason I thought you saw them all in theaters. No, when they first came out in theaters, I didn't even, like... I mean, me and, like I said, uh, me and Luna love these movies. Shout out to my cousin Luna. We do always try to see them when we can, but that was kind of mostly... Okay, so the first one came out in 2002, and then the last one came out in 2016. And the last one, I think I already made this joke to you, but... um, the last one in 2016, I'm pretty sure they called the final chapter so that nobody would be able to demand that they make another one again. Yeah. Because it's so fan-driven. It really is. People, like, because it's based off of the video game, I think because the video game does well and new consoles come out and they make a new version and they create new content, that, like, it's really hard to stop making the movies because yeah, people, are, people are like, whoa, when are you going to make another Resident Evil movie? And people love me about Jovovich. It. People love creatures. Mm-hmm. People, like, I, I'm supposed to be kind of making fun of this movie, or I'm supposed to be opposing this movie, I guess, in the format that we've created, but I sort of like this movie, I too. know you do. And A also, lot. you don't have to hate it. We're just making our case for... We're making our case for general, like, the general consensus of the movies that I think come up in this scenario are movies that are not traditionally considered what most people would call good <laughs> i guess it's watchable. Little, watchable i don't know but what's funny film <laughs> the thing Art. is is in the second when the second one came out in 2002 there weren't i mean okay there were a lot of zombie movies there's obviously all the originals and the classics george romero like definitely all of those but there weren't a lot of this type of um kitschy yeah, you're does right. that make sense? Right. Like it was, it had, it already, it was born in a niche, and it knew it. It knew from the first moment. It was like, and the thing is, is like obviously, it's probably stylized because it is. It's, it's literally feeding all of its, <laughs> so its content stylized. from a video game. All like, the monsters just look like red blobs, just run around real fast all over the place. And I like those monsters. I'm not even hating. I'm just. <laughs> You have to look yourself in the mirror and sometimes you have to look the things you... Create? No, no, (laughs) I didn't create... Oh, I wish I created Resident Mm, Evil. But I mean, the things that you love, you you have to see them. For what they are. For what they are, yeah, in a holistic sense. And Resident Evil is so fun. But it's Again, like, it's not good. I honestly really want to go back and do some more research on the the um, the creators of the movie because I do know it must be connected really closely to the video game, but I really want to know what. I don't think it is. You don't think so? I can't believe I didn't look this. The only thing I looked up were the so I have all the monsters down and the settings and the years and the titles because they're um, they kind of sparsely made them. There's six movies and they made them sparsely throughout the past. I guess it was over a span of 14 years. Was it really? Yeah. So they've been making these for 
a long for a time. long time. This is like Mila Jovovich's like. This is her opus. <laughs> Hear that, actually, Mila? This actually, is your opus. Yeah. Ain't no God for dogs. Sits right behind the Resident Evil franchise. <laughs> I was actually just gonna bring that up. I don't. I think her opus is Ain't No God for Dogs. Hit him with a little Ain't No God for Dogs. Do you want me to the saw? I'm not. Roo, 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 roo. That's. <laughs> That's my quote from her. She literally. Oh, no, hurt you. Oh, man. You probably got so scared. Oh, well. She literally barked on television performing this song for Carson Daly. It's that late night show we had, right? Um, I think so, but this was a really long time ago. So I don't know if he was hosting it or also just there because it seemed like one of those seasonal ones. And it, it just, on, I saw it on YouTube. I didn't even see it when it was on TV originally, but. It cuts to, while she's singing Ain't No God for Dogs, it cuts to Carson Daly. And he does such a good job. He really does try to hide it, but he is laughing so hard. <laughs> it's like, so it's the best. It's the absolute best. Other than that, I would say, other than her performance of that song, this is probably my favorite Mila Dobovich uh, franchise or enterprise might be her only and biggest one it's what she's most recognized for i would assume and honestly like all jokes aside like i feel bad for saying this movie's not good because i couldn't create anything anywhere close to this but you know what i mean no i totally understand but what i'm getting where i'm going is that the continuity that goes through the world of this movie of these movies has no right to be this accurate or yeah. long, or long last like there the, it has a true continuity and true story arcs that go throughout the film and they didn't owe anybody that this is some shitty video game movie and yeah, you I find that. myself coming back to it like honestly a young Sam Scott had absolutely no time for Resident Evil. Yeah. I was just trying to get to the next Saw movie or something extreme. Yeah, wow, yeah. something badass. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you've really converted me on, on these Resident Evil Listen, pictures. listen. They are, for what they are, um, I know that the amount of creature content, like I already love sci-fi and that's already something that's completely up my alley. I know they're being fed a lot of content by an entire team of like game designers and graphic designers and they're getting all of these other ideas because there's a game also happening. But that doesn't change the fact that they weave this story together so succinctly. I don't know if I am using that word to its best potential, but I just mean that they so perfectly put this story together around... The absurdity of a video game. Like, all of yeah. ev- all of these movies are basically boss levels of video games, and they do- I love them. I eat this shit up. I, I, I can't help it. I don't want to give this franchise too much credit, <laughs> just like I don't want to shit on it too much, but it seems like they might have kind of been the precursors to a lot of movies we love like the raid and the remake of dread and all of these movies that are kind of set up like a video game yeah and attack the block which is literally like oh my god you know we should do an episode that's just like these and i I know we cycle through we love all of them like dread the raid like all of these movies that do this like level by level oh this futuristic apartment building Mm -hmm. that type of structure 
I love that. Can we watch the raid tonight? Yeah, we really can. Oh, uh, we should. Unless him we... unscrewing that. Uh, oh, the, the broomstick. Oh, the broomstick right yeah. before they get in the big fight. Isn't that the second one, though? Yeah, it is. That's the second one. Those are great movies that we should also do. We, I feel like those would should be in a certain segment. I don't know which segment. I wouldn't want to do those for the 30-second synopsis just because I really... I would talk about that for a full episode. Oh, my God. But yeah, I also yeah. want to make sure that we ask for um, submissions. And ideas of requests for the different segments that we've yeah, been wanting to Yeah, definitely. Get ideas do you want for? to do that right now? Yeah. Take, take a break. We'll definitely come back to Resident Evil. There are so many wacky ass creatures I want to talk about. Okay. So right. many just cool Mila Jovovich riding on her motorcycle, but wearing a dress and high heels with an assault rifle. And also just still cool having moments. a really cool feathered haircut. Oh, throughout. yeah. I just realized that her hair is always cut a different. So composed. Good cut. It's really. And then her, her like apocalyptic outfits change. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Um,. There's a few ideas for segments that we have that we are going to want to talk about, and they don't always have to be just a movie, but one of them I know we wanted to do, like, a movie versus book, who did it better. I know there's this standard idea that, like, the book is always better than the movie, but we don't want to just stick to that, because I know you were even mentioning um, how there's all of these comic books that are being adapted into TV shows. Yeah, I mean, that, what, the Philip K. Dick show <gasps> was on Amazon, right? Yeah, I That's love that That's been so one. good. I don't know if you guys have been watching that, but... I love that It's one. amazing. We should then, do another episode on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I know, um, Preacher, people have really been liking. I yes. really want to start the second season of that. I really like Happen Leonard, but I'm kind of a old adventure fiction nerd. It's yeah. Been on, I think it was on Sundance, I, I believe. I think so, and you were reading that already, so that was really... Mm-hmm. Was, um, was it Michael C. Williams is in that? I think so. I'm I don't think sure. I'm saying his name right. Who are you thinking of? Are you thinking Omar. of Dexter or... Oh. <laughs> Dexter. Um, I believe that is his name. But either way, I think that one would be good for that. So movie... Either way, sorry. Movie... I really respect you as an actor. I'm sorry, I can't remember Michael your name K. Right Williams. Now. Michael K. Williams. Yes, of course. Michael K. Williams. <laughs> Um, renowned actor. I love him so much. I saw, I knew he did that one. Remember that short he did where he was sitting on that couch talking to different versions of himself? Yeah, you showed me that. That one was really, really great. I think I didn't watch it because I was at work, but I, I had scrolled past it. I saw, I think he did something else like that. It was like another short. And I'm really? really interested. We should honestly do an entire episode on Michael K. Williams because I know we would both do a lot of really great research on him mm-hmm. and he's incredible and he deserves it. Or even episodes on shorts because, I mean, not... Like jean shorts? <laughs> just, no, not, not just like, like short short films. Like, okay. Like those, I mean, there's so many wacky videos on the internet. All of those... Um, Ooh, send oh, us your shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Not your jean shorts. Not your jean shorts, but send us shorts that you like. All of those um, Oat Studios movies. Okay. Like that Neil Blomkamp made. I mean, even that movie Terrifier that I've been really liking with the creepy clown. Like that started as a short. Okay. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of stuff that we really like that's always like started as vignettes too. Yeah. And either way, what we're getting at is we're open to a lot of suggestions. For many different, there's several different segments too. There's also, I really want to do um, Sam's 30 second synopses. Why don't you tell him about that one? Hit, hit him with some that's, Sam love. That's basically just. Um, that's like charity. Uh, I'll watch basically anything. <laughs> like Tum Dum in Three Ninjas. How he'll eat basically anything, but he won't eat dog poop. Um, Sorry, that was a deep 
Deep three pull. ninjas reference. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that actually aids my point. I'll watch basically anything. So this segment is just kind of going to be... Dan, it gets me drunk and has me describe a movie in 30 seconds. Sometimes I might not be drunk, but it would probably think, be easier. I think it would be easier. Um, I do think I'm I'm going to hold him to 30 seconds because he'll fixate on something that he really likes about something. And then he'll ramble and defend a character or a, a plot or a, a or some type of perspective of like a movie and really really love that but 30 seconds is going to be the rule and so this is going to be even if it's a movie that you love and you just want to hear a 30 second synopsis that's cool but if it's also something that you don't want to invest the time in watching but you want to know what it's about we can do that for you i mean i do this on my own time i know He'd already yeah, be doing it. So. I am doing it. <laughs> I think so. We're um, movie versus book is not just movies and books. We also talked about the adaptations, and then we also said, um, "Why didn't they do it right?" Which I know we all have that. I, I think this happens more with sequels. I feel like where you have this idea in your head going into a movie, what it's going to be and what you would change about it. Um, so I think we're going to just do not always just movies, but just kind of when you go in with something that's like a preconceived idea of what you wanted something to go as. So if you have any suggestions for something that you think wasn't done right, yeah, like, how we can fix it for you. Like taking out the last 30 seconds of Paranormal Activity. <laughs> it would make it such a better movie. Like, I mean, I love Paranormal Activity. The first one are you talking about? Or? Yeah. Again, I know I might be in the minority here. Okay. I love Paranormal Activity. I, I think-, think it's a good... The, series, honestly. The Vibes family fucks with the Paranormal Activity <laughs> the franchise. Family. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, we do heavy. But, yeah, I just think it would, it would be such a better movie without that, like, doofy little thing at the end. What are you talking about? When she gets, <laughs> when she gets that monster face and gets, gives you that jump scare at the end. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Is that the first one? See, I have such a hard... Gr- yeah. I just have such a grudge against that part because I think it's a better movie than people give it credit for. I think it's really great, but people cite that so often as, oh, this is a shitty movie because... Because. That's funny. Well, the thing is, is I also think that we've been having this thing happen in the past, like, decade or two of horror. As far as mainstream horror that goes into theaters, I do think things like Netflix and streaming services have really changed that. Where it has to be okay enough to be played in a theater without too restrictive of a rating, which we could do an entire season of episodes on the rating system, Mm -hmm. not only in this country, but internationally and censorship in general. Not going to go into that right now. (laughs) but I saw that fire in your eyes. You saw that little just like perk up. um, Your hair was about... Dan, I got a haircut today. It looks so good. I just want to like... Shout out to Nicole. I just want to shout out my wife. Because uh, uh, I love her, and she has beautiful hair. Oh my goodness, well thank you. So, um, you just made me lose my complete train of thought. You are just so sweet. I'm so sorry. Either way, try to find it really quick, because I have a pre- Why didn't they do it better? What What's the segment called again? It's I'm why, so sorry. No, why didn't they do it right? <laughs> yeah, why didn't they do it right? Have you heard that, um... They're not casting Simon Pegg as Wee Huey in The Boys. No! I mean, I don't know if that's confirmed, confirmed, but I did read an article the other day that it's almost certain 
that they're getting a different actor to play Wee Huey. Do you think there were creative differences? Because I feel like he... Well, he was literally made for that role. That role was made for him. Of course it was. Like... But... It's him. No, but that's what I mean. It's like, do you think there were... Did the article mention what kind of... I mean, were there any differences? No, it was one of those just really quick, quippy kind of... This is happening. Got it. In and out kind of article. Got it. I want to know more about it, though, because that's one of my favorite series, and he's just so central to making that on film. You know, that's always kind of been a stipulation, I feel like, for the entire fan base. That's crazy. Is that Simon Pegg needs to play Wee Huey. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that he wouldn't. Like, you can see his face in the comic that it was, it's literally drawn. It is him. It's literally him. It's literally him, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But if you do want to give us any input, if you have feelings about Wee Huey or Simon Pegg or any of these segments that you would want us to do or any other movie, album, TV show, comic book, book, anything that you're thinking about that you think should come up, movie versus book or not, you should probably hit us up. Our Instagram is Weird Vibes Podcast. Our Twitter is Weird Vibes Pod. And um, you can probably find both of us there. And then if you find our Instagram there, it'll link to the website that is our home base. And you can find our other projects on there as well. You're so professional. I gotta try to be. Can we talk about the monsters a little bit? In Resident Evil. Oh, Mello. do you? Okay, yeah, sorry. I didn't do you mean mind? To, yeah, like, I didn't Sorry, I don't mean to drag this on. No, 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 it's not a drag on. Um, that was like a fake out. Sorry, guys, we're not actually done. Um, you have all our information now, But the, so. you do have all of our information, and I'll probably do that again later. But if you want to stop me concluding this to let me talk about Resident Evil some more, I will happily do that, my I friend. Mean, you, do you have honest, a favorite monster? Oh, of course I do. What's your favorite monster? Um, I can't remember his name, but it's <laughs> the one, one. Yeah, I, th- I think his name might be the Titan. It's that really big dude. That's kind of looks like in the um, second one. Yeah, it looks yeah, it looks kind of like a troll or something. A, yeah, or the really big guy that smashes everything. Yeah, that's Matt. Oh yeah, I like him. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was. Okay. <laughs> Remember when I got way way too hyped about Resident Evil earlier, and I was getting really excited, and my mm-hmm. voice was echoing. What I was talking about was Matt is okay. When a, this is like a deep pull in the first movie when she goes underground. Matt is the brother of the activist who was working as, like, a deep cell agent for the Umbrella Corporation. And Matt and her were trying to... Okay, so you know how she loses her memory when she goes down there? No. Oh, my gosh, Sam. Okay. (laughs) So she hits her head before she goes down, and she doesn't remember anything. But the whole reason that Alice has all of this guilt about the T-virus and about all of this happening is because she's the reason the outbreak happened. Oh yeah, I know that. Okay, so, because she, so when she was stealing it and she broke that vial to let it loose, who she was stealing it for was Matt's sister. Matt's sister worked there, she was working with some person and they were trying to get it out of the Umbrella Corporation so that they could sell it on the black market to like, basically let everybody know like, hey, look how crazy the world is. Like, this is what they created. They're trying to expose the company, right? Obviously, that did not go as planned at all. <laughs> so, um, at the very end of the first movie, uh, Alice and him are the only two living... Like, they're the only survivors. 
on the train ride back and that giant monster, that's like the first monster that ever shows up other than the dogs. And he like jumps on the train and he scratches the side of the train off. Yeah. And then when he scratches it, he scratches Matt on his arm, right? Mm-hmm. I keep saying Matt because she screams it a lot at the end and that's why I know it. <laughs> but um, and he's, you just watch Resident Evil quite a bit. I love those movies. Yeah. I want to We watch... currently own all of them. I know Did because you, you are that? the best. My amazing husband bought me the entire set of movies for Christmas or my birthday one year. I don't. I don't remember, but we own them. We own all of them. I'm probably gonna make you watch one of them after this because right. I'm really excited. But at my the shit very is custom, <laughs> my shit is motherfucker. Please, that's my favorite line of the entire series. But at the very end of the last one. He has these little claws coming out of the scratch marks on his arm because he's already mutating. Oh, yeah. And in the second movie, the monster that you like is him after constant mutation. That's crazy. Yeah. They, like, put him in a lab and they just, like, injected him over and over and over again until he, like, literally hulked out. I remember that. That's why his face is stapled together. Mm. All his skin broke off. That's gross. Yeah, it's nasty. So what's your favorite creature? Um, I'm pretty sure there was one that was underground when they were in the sub in the last oh, okay. There's okay. In the in the um I the one that I mentioned that says I think it's called retribution, but the tagline of it is like, oh, they go global. I know I mentioned earlier that I really like <laughs> That's so rad. I, I love that one. Do you see you know the one I'm no, talking about, right? Resident Evil Retribution. Retribution. Go global. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie series is the most like intensely uh I don't e I I guess the only way to put it is like very friendly, roided out person who is like also just doesn't have the best taste in like movies or guns. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. It doesn't matter. In this movie, it just, because it just feels like everything is supposed to look really badass and polished, but it's also like doesn't really work super well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So in this movie, I'm not sure. I don't think there's anything underwater, but they have these like different scenarios that play out in different cities because they wanted, the original purpose of the lab was to see how the T-virus like plays out in different size, like high population cities. So one of them is in Moscow and there's all these really cool cars from like the 30s that for some reason are being driven around by zombies that are like half intelligent. Wait, what? And they're like dressed. I don't remember that. <laughs> well, I don't think the <laughs> zombies at one point are like. They're, that that's why the cars are there, but they're not. They're not the first ones driving it. Her team picks her up in the car, but the the zombies are just in the way because they're Mila all Mila Jovovich's team. Mila Jovovich's okay, team, because okay. Mila really is like we've talked about. She is the the crux of these entire movies. Oh, of course. Um, they're like fully dressed, and they're kind of they're like in gear, and they're these like arm. It reminds me of that episode of The Walking Dead where. They couldn't kill those certain zombies because it was when those people died, they were in riot gear Uh and they had uh like helmets and they were perfectly protected. So no matter what you did, they were totally fine, Mm -hmm. but they also couldn't bite you because they were wearing helmets. So that was good. Tricky, 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 tricky. So I wouldn't know if those are my favorites, but I think, um, other than the dogs, the dogs are a classic for me. I don't care. I will forever uh, love the dog. Yeah, I have, like, a little soft space in my heart yeah. for Yeah, and I think it also has something to do with the fact that, like, I don't know. It just, it just seems so cruel. They didn't really mean... Yeah, they didn't do anything they wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. Oh, wait, I think I might take back my answer. In the sec- in the third movie, 
everybody gets secretly hypnotized with a weird like mecha robot on there. It's like a spider robot thing on their chest. And it turns you into like a super aggro person who kills other humans. So basically they're just trying to like round up all people who aren't zombies. Mm -hmm. And that was like how they did it. So I think that was cool because like very mind controlly. Ooh, you guys. I now have it on record. Sam wants to watch these. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch all of them. But I think I've made my case. I think that's my favorite. No, I think you made a strong case. And honestly, we both... These aren't the best movies, but we love them. And you're allowed to like any movie you want. And fuck anybody who tells you you can't. You know what? Exactly. You are allowed to like whatever movie you want. Yeah. So I think, honestly, we're probably going to sign off here, but before we do that, I want to hit you with a little, um, with a little, uh, outro line. What is, what, tell me what your outro line is, Sam. All right. Here, you, you ready? I you think ready? I, I might be ready. All right. This has been Sam and Dana for Weird Vibes. Turkeys get cooked. Oh, my. <laughs>